You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. We're talking about the good fight of faith, and this may be one of my most favorite stories in all the Bible. It's from the book of Romans chapter 4. It's a breakdown by the Apostle Paul of the faith of Abraham and how he received his son Isaac. And I'm going to read to you from my 26 translations Bible. I've picked different translations for different parts of verses because I felt like that, that some were more clear easier to grasp than others. So let's just go ahead and go there. Uh, Therefore, it is a faith that it might be by grace. The promise was made on the ground of faith in order that it might be a matter of grace. That so the promise, not being capable of forfeiture, might stand firm to all the seed of Abraham. And I said this earlier, this is what Abraham saw about this covenant walk that he had with God. It was in force even when he failed. And God didn't abandon him even when he didn't measure up in faith to what he should have. Not only that the posterity of his, which keeps the law, but that which imitates his faith. So the Bible says that that not only would the Jews be included in this covenant, but also those who have faith in Christ. And that's us. We have been called into faith of Abraham and the covenant of Abraham. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead or who can make the dead live and calls into existence things that do not exist. With no ground for hope, Abraham, sustained by hope, put faith in God to the end that he might become a father of many nations in fulfillment of the Scripture, so countless shall your descendants be. His faith never quailed, even when he noted the utter impotence of his own body, for he was about a 100 years old, or the impotence of Sarah's womb. Now, she was 90, but she'd never been able to have children. He never staggered in doubt at the promise of God. On the contrary, his faith gave him strength, and he praised God for this blessing before it ever happened. That's what faith does. Faith anticipates uh, the manifestation and gives glory to God before the manifestation comes. And being fully persuaded that God was able to do what he had promised. For this reason also, his faith was credited to him as righteousness. Now, Abraham was growing in faith for a number of years, but his faith that enabled him to receive Isaac wasn't ready for full operation until he reached age 99. Now, by the time he turned 99, he'd been walking with God in the land of Canaan for 24 years. He had seen God's provision. He had seen God's 
faithfulness. He had seen God's word come to pass. He had seen God do so many things. He now is ready to receive the greatest thing from God that he's ever received. It is still a little bit of a stretch, but it's just a big step. It's not a huge leap. It's a big step for him. So uh, God says to him, for the first time ever, my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear you by this time next year. Now I've told you that Abraham had never heard that Sarah would be the mother of this covenant son. God also said that this is going to happen a year from now. So the fight of faith that Abraham went through was 12 months in duration. In other words, from the time God appeared to him in early part of, of Genesis 17, right there when God said, I've made you a father, to the birth of Isaac was a full 12 months. It was a year to that time. And uh, God made the declaration, I have made you a father. That was the release of faith. Then in that 12-month period, Abram had to go through, Abraham had to go through the fight of faith. He had to keep from doubting. He had to continue to believe that what God said was true. So he did that for that 12-month period. Sarah did that for the 12-month period. Both of them stumbled at this. Both of them laughed at different times about what God said. And that's the reason. God said, name your new son, name him Isaac, which means in Hebrew, laughter. Now there's a reason that God did this. God did this in order to wait for a time when it was completely hopeless for them to have a son. God wanted this to be supernatural from top to bottom. Now this fight had to have a solid basis. And the solid basis of the fight was the statement that God made. He said, I have made you a father of many nations. You can't just haul off and have faith without a promise or a statement from God. Abraham had a statement, and that's what he believed. A lot of people will very casually make big requests of the Lord without thinking through and establishing a firm basis for their faith. You need to have a firm basis for your faith before you ever pray. A lot of people pray quickly without a basis. And anybody, Abraham Lincoln said it, I think if I had eight hours or 10 hours, 12 hours, whatever it was, to chop down a tree, I'd spend most of that time sharpening my ax. And, and that's a great way of looking at the promises of God. You need to prepare beforehand. A lot of people jump to pray very quickly without a preparation. Abraham had been in preparation for 24 years for this moment, building his faith. Now, he did not confess a son for 24 years. There's no way he did. This idea that, that Abraham and Sarah confessed for a son for 25 years and finally God rewarded them. That's not so. They did not have the basis to confess a son until they were uh, 99 and 89 respectively. So their fight of faith was actually one year in duration. They had 24 years of learning how to walk with God, building up hope, building faith, learning to trust God, learning to believe what He says He intends to do. That went on for 24 years. But the promise that they locked onto and fought for was a 12-month process, and that didn't come until Genesis chapter 17. Now, when God wants to change 
a natural condition. Whenever he wants to change something, he releases faith to do that. God releases faith, and the Scripture puts great emphasis on this. He releases faith through the spoken word. If he doesn't speak, there is no release of faith. God has to speak in order to release faith. The book of Hebrews says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. John 1 says that the whole world, all the universe, was created by the word. It is the spoken word where God's power resides. He releases that power through the spoken word. Now, he calls those things which be not as though they were. That's what he does when he wants to change the natural world and change its circumstances. Why wouldn't he? He created the world with the spoken word. Therefore, the things in the world respond to the spoken word because the spoken word is the parent. It is the parent force of everything that's created. God who gives life to the dead calls those things which do not exist as though they were. That's Romans 4, 17. That's what God says about Abraham, and we see it in Genesis chapter 17 and verse 5. Now, here's why God did this. The Abrahamic covenant was to be based upon the resurrection of the dead. So this is why God held off and waited so long for Abraham and Sarah to have this baby. He wanted them to be dead reproductively, and they were. Even a few years before, when Abraham was 85 years old, 14 years before this, he was still able to father children because he fathered Ishmael. But that was not what God wanted. God wanted them to be completely unable to give birth to children. Abraham could not father children. Sarah could not conceive and have babies. This is why God uh, waited for this time. Because everything about this covenant is based upon the resurrection of the dead. Now, the fulfillment of this covenant is the resurrection of the dead when Jesus Christ was raised 2,000 years later. So it should be no surprise to us that God began this covenant with the resurrection of the dead. And when God wants to raise the dead, He calls those things which be not as though they were. Now I want to read you a couple of places where this is demonstrated very clearly. The first one here is in Mark, and uh, it's about the raising of Jairus' daughter, little girl who was 12 years old, according to the book of Matthew. And uh, Mark's Gospels, where I'm going to read today, 535, while he was speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, "Do not be afraid; only believe." He permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. When he came in, he said to them, "Why make you this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping." And they ridiculed him, but when he had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him, and he entered where the child was lying. Then he took the child by the hand, and he said unto her, Talitha Kumai, or Kumai is uh, translated out of Aramaic, little girl, I say unto you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was twelve years of age, 
and they were overcome with great amazement. Now, I want you to see something here. He spoke to her like she was just asleep. So he's calling those things which be not as though they were when it concerns the raising of the dead. Now let's take a look at another place where he did this. This is uh, the story of Lazarus, and it's found in John's Gospel, chapter 11. We're going to look at verse 41. Then they took away the stone, according to the instruction of Jesus. He said, take away the stone. And they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. Jesus lifted up his eyes and he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now this is something that Jesus did. He is, before a miracle is done, he is pointing to the source of the miracle so that God can receive the glory. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Now what's he doing? He is speaking to Lazarus the way you would speak to a living man. Now, if Lazarus is not able to hear at all, uh, then, then this would have been ridiculous. But, but Jesus knew that Lazarus, who is in Abraham's bosom in the heart of the earth, is going to come very suddenly, very quickly back into his body. He cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. So... When God wants to raise the dead, He speaks. And that's why He gave spoken instructions to Abraham and Sarah in Genesis chapter 17. He gave them something to believe, said, I've made you a father, made her a mother, and something to say. Your name is Abraham, her name is Sarah. I'm going to close today with this verse in John 5.25, New King James Version. Most assuredly I say to you, the hour is coming, and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. In other words, Jesus says, the dead are raised by words. And since Abraham and Sarah had reproductively dead bodies, the way that God chose to resurrect them was through words. And I would say to you that all victories of faith come when we have something to believe and something to say. That's all the time I have for today, but we're going to pick up here tomorrow. Don't miss it. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.